Okay, people, another Just for Sport podcast here for you on the Props Network. My name is Jamoke Davis, and we got a lot of good content for you. NBA division winners, Anthony Davis goes down, the trade deadline's coming up. What will happen for the Los Angeles Lakers? The Sharks are swimming in the water. Can the team catch up to them? And then on the Eastern Conference side, I'm not so sure about those Celtics anymore. They're 500. Maybe they've reached their plateau. Maybe there's another team. Oh, wait, it was the Heat that went to the NBA Finals. Well, what's happening with the Heat, too? And then we've got some Champions League talk. We're talking Barcelona, Liverpool, Juventus, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. It's the round of 16 of Champions League, and we give you some really good picks. We got that and more coming up on Just For Sport Podcast, coming right here on the Props Network. Okay, people, we're talking National Basketball Association on Just For Sport. Jamoke okay, Davis here for the Props Network. And before we talk about the topic at hand, which is the futures for the divisions and what I'm seeing in some trends and who's playing well, who's playing not. I first, I got to sound off about the referees. They are annoying me. Get it right. You watched this game yesterday, and my good friend of the pod, Mr. Michael Lee, tweeted out, and I followed up with it. The refs just stink. They just stink. We need new refs. We need to redo the entire, the entire referee staff if you cannot call the simplest of calls. Traveling. Traveling. Call traveling. That's all you have to do. Come on. Watch this clip. Greg, pull this clip up. Look at LeBron. You cannot travel almost a full, full court with two dribbles and a dunk. You can't do it. One, two, three, four, five, and then a dunk. Come on. It's out of control. And I hope that Adam Silver, because if I'm a referee, if I'm a referee and you are watching yourself as a referee of an NBA game, I'm sure making a nice six-figure salary, and you're watching the review of this game, you get an F, a big fat F. It's the dumbest thing I've seen in basketball is the lack of ability to call travel. It's the simplest of calls. And it happens for LeBron all the time. Three, four, five steps. I'm done. I can't. My dad, who coaches little six and 10-year-olds now because he's too old, never made it to an NBA ref. He could call a game better than these NBA refs. Give him give him $1,000, he'll call a better game than they call. <sighs> I'm coming down. I'm going to come down. I'm going to come down. I just, I can't take it. I can't. I can't. It's the one call that bothers me more than anything. Fouls are tough to call. I get that. Okay. There's some things that you're just not quite sure where, where to go. And I, I know they're moving fast, but they're not moving five steps fast. I'm sure you can see feet walking or running on a court and know if somebody took two steps or five. Without a dribble. It's simple. It's very simple. Now, what's not so simple is trying to pick who you think is going to win a division when you're trying to make some money off of it. And that's what we're going to talk about. When you see the, the greatness 
that is Anthony Davis go down in that game yesterday versus Denver. It's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, what's happening here? And you see the Phoenix Suns have won six in a row. And they're three games back. And the Clippers have won a game. They're a game back. They've won three in a row. So then I started thinking about the whole NBA conference, the association and the conferences and breaking it down to divisions. And we're going to start with the Atlantic division. How many of you watched the Celtics Lakers game that ABC was touting as all oh, these two, they both won 18 NBA championships. They're tied at the top, the greatest basketball dynasties of all time i'll give you that they are but what i saw in a team in the lakers and the celtics are the lakers have it and i know a big part of that is lebron i know that but something is not right with the celtics they're 500 500 the 76ers who scooped up Doc Rivers faster than he could empty out his house and office as, as he was fired from the Clippers. They like, will take him. They're in first place, 18 and nine on the season. There is something to be said for the ability for a team to take on the persona of the head coach. The 76ers seem to have been elevated. They're more confident with Doc Rivers at the helm. Now, Granny hasn't done well in the playoffs, but we're not talking about the playoffs. We're talking about who can win the division. And if you're looking at the props network and you're seeing the odds of who can win the division, I don't know how you cannot go with the 76ers. But I'm surprised. I'm saying that because to me, I'm surprised. I, I know that Joel Embiid, I'm not that great, not that much of a Ben Simmons fan. I think he's a little overrated, but they're playing well as a team. And Joel Embiid has his own health issues. But at plus 100, with the Brooklyn Nets on their heels, I think it's a two-team race. I think the Celtics are done. They've won, they've lost 10 of 15 games to be the 500. Eight of the nine, eight of the first nine losses that they had were by five points or less in the last five minutes. So they're collapsing. And, when, and to go back to that Celtics-Lakers, I don't see Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the same level as an Anthony Davis and a LeBron James. I just don't. I just don't see it. In some ways, I think they may have either hit their plateau as a team and as players or, or, they're just not as smart.
Marcus Smart may be the key to why this team is not playing well. That as much as we wanted to say, oh, it's all about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, it was Marcus Smart that was the one that kept that team together. On the court and probably off of it. He's probably the good locker room guy. You can still have him as a locker room guy, but you need him on the court. And so at plus 900, I'd, I'd more say if you want to take a flyer, take the Raptors at plus 1,800. The Raptors are only six games back. I'd almost say take them over the Celtics. And by the way, I know it's crazy, but you see the Knicks right there, plus 25,000. I mean, if you really want to go deep, you got, I'll buy that for a dollar. Just put a dollar on it. All right, find the Knicks. Who knows? They're only five and a half back. But I just don't realistically see the Knicks being there. The Raptors are the team that, come on, none of you thought they would be this bad this 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 late in the year. Okay, maybe they'd stumble a little bit because they're calling Tampa their home city now. So they can't be at home home in Canada. But I didn't see them being this bad. 12 and 15 on the season. Something's missing with the Celtics. And I think in the end, they're just not as smart. They're just not as smart. And you know what that means, right? You get it now. Central Division. I have no idea what is happening in the Central Division. The Indiana Pacers, it was obviously some personnel issues that they said, hey, look, Vic, you got to go. Victor Oladipo, Oladipo. We're going to trade you to Houston. I don't think Malcolm Brogdon is working out. I think Milwaukee at minus 1430. This division, it's over. It's over. And now you've got the Cavs and the Pistons. The Pistons are sitting Blake Griffin. The Cavs, they're not playing Andre Drummond because the trade deadline's coming up. So you're going to see a lot of shifts here. And that's also another reason why before the trade deadline hits, get your picks in specifically for the long shots. Now, granted, with the injury, maybe the Lakers are going to make a move too, but it's some of those lower-tier teams in the Central Division that are trying to decide what they want to do. Cavs, Pistons have given up on the season. But maybe a team like an Indiana, who I don't quite know what they're doing, or as we get to the Charlotte Hornets in the Southeast Division next, we're still in the Central, but maybe they're going to try to make a move. And this could be an opportunity for you to take a team that you did not expect. You know, maybe even the Chicago Bulls, as we're still in the Central Division. I mean, they're only five games back of Milwaukee. Milwaukee is 16-11. They've lost three in a row. I think Milwaukee is also missing a piece. Most likely, they will win the Central. 
But if you've got a Blake Griffin and an Andre Drummond just sitting out there in the central division and you need a piece or two, maybe if you're the Pacers or the Bulls, you say, you know what? We've got a shot to catch the Bucks. We need one more piece. So before that number rises, which I know it's a long shot for the Bulls at plus 15,000, put a dollar on that. When 150, that's not bad. That's not bad. But I don't think the deer fear any team right now. And Indiana Pacers are missing a piece. And I think they thought it was going to be Karis Levert. Then he's now injured. So that team might be different if he comes back, when he comes back, excuse me. But it's just not, it's not the same. All right, we're going to the Southeast Division. My Washington Wizards. It's ridiculous at the thought that at 7-17, and 17, the Washington Wizards are four games back from the top of the Southeast Division. That's how bad the Southeast Division is. It's the worst. So we can't get excited. You can't get excited about that. But you are. Because it means that no matter how bad you are, you've got a shot. Can Charlotte keep the heat low? I'm not quite sure in what happened in Miami. You think about the fact that they pretty much kept the team intact. If you're a Miami fan, you were like, let's just run it back, run it back. We made it to the NBA Finals, keep this team, let's go. But at 11 and 15, they've got some ground to make up, and they're going on a West Coast trip. Only four of the Heat's final 10 games before the All-Star break are against teams in the top 14. So maybe. They get Goran Dragic back. Maybe they can do something. Maybe. But this, this division is one of the divisions that, in my mind, is still up for grabs. Any of these five teams can win it at this point. And I know that's ridiculous, especially when you talk about the Wizards. But the Wizards are only four games back. The Magic are three. The Hawks and Heat are one game back of the Charlotte Hornets, who have LaMelo Ball, and he's just got them balling. He's got them playing well, but this should be the Heats to win outright. And that's why they're still favored at minus 162. Which also means if you take the Hornets right now with plus 800, that's a good that's a good pick too. 
that's a good pick. Now, Ice Trey and the Hawks, as I said when I went on NBA picks and props, not a big fan of any team when the point guard's your best player. I think he just needs more. And they're already saying that John Collins is possibly on the trading block as well. The Hawks are 11 and 15. They've lost three in a row. Three, they've lost uh, three and seven in their last 10. They don't have a winning record at home or on the road. I'm not going to say that they're going to blow it up, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. I think it's only going to be tougher from here. Northwest Division. You got the Utah Jazz at minus 500, the Nuggets at plus 350, Trailblazers at plus 900. That's the team I like. The Trailblazers at plus 900. You can never, ever, ever go wrong with Dame time. You just can't. Their defense is not great, but you've got a uh, uh, re-energize, if you will. Carmelo Anthony is playing better. CJ McCollum out does hurt the Trailblazers. I think in the end, the Jazz maybe are peaking too early. I mean, they won seven in a row, nine and one in their last 10, the best team in all of the NBA. But I think they're peaking too early. The Trailblazers are five and a half back and the Nuggets are six and a half back. You could do the Nuggets at plus 350. There's a good chance they could have beat the Lakers last year and been playing in the NBA Finals. They, game, they came a game within doing that. And Donovan Mitchell is playing out of this world. He's playing out of this world. But I don't know if they're going to run away with it. And so I could put some money on the Trailblazers. Nuggets with the Joker. You can't go wrong with the, the with if you want to pick the Joker either. He is, I think, the best big man in the NBA right now. And so plus 350 isn't bad. Now, I'm gonna end with the Pacific Division. So let's let's we're gonna do one more before we get to Pacific Division, which is the Southwest Division, which is the other division that I like. That I think is The most up for grabs is the Southwest Division in that across the board, there is talent on all five teams. Now, the talent for the Spurs, first and foremost, is on the sidelines with the head coach and Greg Popovich. But DeMar DeRozan... has really played well. 
and the Spurs have balanced scoring, and they're back. They're back. They're 16 and 11 on the season, nine and three on the road, seven and three in their last 10. They won two in a row. You can get them at plus 320. I think the Dallas Mavericks are fading. If you ask me, I'd probably say it's probably time for a new coach. Luca can't do it all, although he's trying to. Chris Stapp's Porzingis is helping as best he can. But that Dallas team, I just don't know. I mean, even Tim Hardaway Jr., he's got his moments. I just don't see it with this team right now. But then the key is, and the reason why I like it, is you've got the Grizzlies led by John Moran. Again, the point guard being the best player. I don't see that being a winning formula. But you've got the Pelicans. They're four and a half back. J.J. Reddick probably won't be on that team by the time we get to the trade deadline, but you've got Brandon Ingram. Oh, and Ed Zion Williamson. We'll see what happens with Lonzo Ball. Steven Adams. Let's go, Pitt. Let's go, Pitt. Solid man in the middle. And then with Houston. I mean, technically, yes, okay, injuries play a part, so it's like it's with a caveat. But if you said, okay, you get a healthy Victor Oladipo, John Wall, and DeMarcus Cousins, that, that's a three-headed monster. Now, they play the Wizards tonight. That's going to be a good one. I can't wait to see that one. That's going to be fun. Get my popcorn ready for that one. John Wall returns back to D.C. But overall, with the Southwest Division, I think in some ways it's up for grabs. Then Houston Rockets, they were playing well, and then they've lost four or five, so they're sliding, unfortunately. They've lost five in a row, excuse me. They were, they were trending up. But all of these teams, Spurs, Grizzlies, Mavericks, Rockets, Pelicans, I think you put all of the names in a hat and you pull one out, that could be your division winner. That could be your division winner. All right, we're ending with the Pacific Division. Hmm. LeBron James, he just never gets old. I mean, he's almost at 20 seasons and he looks the same. It's effortless. He rarely gets injured. He's a floor general, very much like Magic Johnson, a point forward. He's amazing. But, but, if Anthony Davis is out for any significant time, and I think he will be out for a significant amount of time, may not, probably won't be 100% 
by the time you get to the playoffs. I think it's time to start looking at other teams and get your money in now. Before The reason why I say before the trade deadline is because the Sharks are in the water on the Lakers. The Clippers are like, okay, we're back in it. And I know it's ridiculous to say we're back in it, but in my mind, in my mind, I just feel like the Lakers were hands down the best team. Playoff P, give me a break. Come on now. If, if you win the NBA Finals this year, I'm saying it right now, I will refer to Paul George as Playoff P the rest of his career, and I won't make a smirk or say anything crazy. He'll just be playoff P, but right now, nah, nah. It's not cutting it. But the Clippers are only your game back. And they're at plus 150. I don't think the Golden State Warriors have a shot here. You can get them at plus 4,000. But it's that Phoenix Suns team that I like. They've won six in a row, nine and one in their last 10. If you remember, they were undefeated in the bubble. And I think they have really gotten to a rhythm. And now they're getting back into a rhythm. Now, granted, the fact that I brought up the uh, Utah Jazz and saying, well, maybe they're peaking early. So there are peaks and valleys. After all, in the NBA, they say in the NBA, everybody makes a run. I don't remember who came up with that line the first time, probably somebody on SportsCenter. But now is the time for the Suns to make that run, and they're doing it. They're three games behind the Lakers. They're 17-9 and nine on the season. They made that big trade to bring in Chris Paul so that Devin Booker could play more off the ball, and they could find a way to get – DeAndre Ayton going. They're playing excellent basketball. And Devin Booker's just cold. He's just cold. And I mean that in a good way, obviously. Cameron Payne, let's go pit. I mean, excuse me, Cameron Johnson. I said Cameron Payne. Cameron Johnson. Yeah, he went to Pitt before he went to North Carolina. I just think this team has all of the pieces. I talk about at the top, I talked about the Boston Celtics and missing Marcus Smart. You've got a Jay Crowder who knows his role, plays it well. Frank the Tank, Frank Comiskey plays his role well. Mikael Bridges plays his role well. Dario Saric. I like the makeup of this team. And they're young. They're a young team. Chris Paul is the only player who has double digits next to his years as far as experience. So that can go both ways. You can say this, this team is they're just young. They're just playing free. And I like it. I like it. And I like those odds at plus 2,000. Take it now. Take it now while you got the value. I just, just feel like I don't, I don't know about these Lakers. 
And I know that the fact that they're in, the Suns are in the Lakers and Clippers division makes it the hardest one for the Suns to rise above, if you will, the, Sun, the Lakers and Clippers, the Suns possibly. But at the same time, it's not like they play the Lakers and Clippers every night. They're a solid team. You should think about it. You should think about it. All right. So that's my pick. You're looking for a long shot? Take the Suns in the Pacific Division. That's what you should do. Southwest Division? Oh, boy. I think you stick. You probably are going to say, well, I'm going to stick with the... With the with the Mavericks to win it because you love Luka. But I think I'd pick the Spurs at 320 if I had to. If I had to, that's who I'd pick. Northwest. I like the Trailblazers at plus 900 as a long shot. But I think you go Nuggets at plus 350. Plus 350. Central Division, I have no idea. Don't even, I couldn't even figure out. There's no way the Bucs are losing that. That's that's it. No way the Bucs are losing it. And I like the Sixers in the Atlantic Division. And last one in my favorite division where my Washington Wizards are, I think the Heat will heat up. Didn't have a line for that one. I think the Heat will heat up. But then that means you, you know, at minus 162, you're not getting any value there. But that's what I got. All right, that'll do it for my NBA segment. Hope you all enjoyed that. Hopefully I helped you make an informed decision of that. You know, I'm trying to help you find some value in a long shot, not taking the favorites. Reading what's happening. Those Lakers, sharks swimming in the water. All right, you don't just want to hear from me. We got a lot more for you on the Props Network. We got Joel Walkowski. He's doing his NBA daily picks. And he also hosts his show, The Walk On, on the Props Network. You check that out on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And then we got NBA picks and props with Dexter Henry in the game. I feel like you got a lot of NBA knowledge. And I sprinkled in a little bit of tennis for you. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little Champions League. You get a little something different. And I hope you like it here on the Props Network. We got a lot for you. So subscribe to our YouTube channel to check out all of our content. We'll be right here. Every, every week. Every week on the PropsNetwork.com. We got live odds to help you make daily picks. So we got everything you need. Just stick with us. We're talking Champions League. It's the round of 16. Jamoke Davis here for the Props Network. And joining me now is Donnie Singstack. He is a contributor to the Props Network as a betting analyst. Thank you very much for joining me. How you doing, Donnie? 
Hey, Jamoke, how we doing? I'm feeling good. I am uh, snowed in here in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, a, a hotbed for European soccer action. It's a great time to be snowed in because mm -hmm. we've got some great matchups coming up in the Champions League round of 16, and we're going to start mm -hmm. with Barcelona versus Paris Saint-Germain. And there's nothing germane about PSG, but we talk about the fact that Mbappe, he's mm -hmm. on center stage now because, uh, hey, look, He's going up against Lionel Messi without mm. Demaria and Neymar. Mm. What oh, do you yeah. think their chances are? We've got a tight, tight, in my mind, what I consider to be a, uh, we got uh, plus 100 for FC Barcelona, plus 225 for PSG. Where do you see this match going tomorrow? I think that line is about right. I definitely would have Barcelona as the favorite to win this match. Um, obviously, this is going to be significantly harder for PSG without Neymar. And even when they were playing with Neymar, they have lo losses in, in league competition. As recently as February 31st, uh, P PSG lost to a relegation battling side, Laurent, 3-2. to two. But uh, si since then, without Neymar, they found their defensive shape and have not been scored on uh, aside from one time in the league in their last three games. And so I would see that in PSG's favor. Like, I don't think it's going to be about scoring in this game. I think this could end up being a defensive battle. Which I am not a fan of defensive battles. I hate ties. Mm. They're the worst. I just don't mm. like them at all. But, I mean, you can't help but love the fact that you get to see Messi play again on a big stage and uh -huh. you're watching greatness as it is. If this is a defensive struggle, does that help or hurt the chances of seeing the greatness that is Messi scoring goals? Like, you think that means they're going to shut him down and somebody else is going to have to step up? I do like Messi. Um, to score, he's the most likely of anyone on FC Barcelona to score. Griezmann, their, their other striker, has been very up and down recently. But, but Barcelona has good players coming up off the pipeline. As usual, Trin Chao and Griezmann have seemed to be good striking partners. They combined for five goals in their last game out. So I, I think they could score, but PSG is going to be playing on the road. They're going to try and get that road goal. And I don't see them doing it. Barcelona is going to want to try and get that lead in the home leg of the tie. And as you know, in these two leg things, draws are possible, but draws are better for the away team. If there's a draw with goals and draws are better for the home team, if there's a draw with no goals. So I could see if this does play out in a draw without goals that could play into Barcelona's favor, which would mean that uh, Messi's probably not going to score. Which would be devastating for, mm -hmm. for me and uh, everyone else that loves to right. watch uh, Messi play. Uh, the next in. game, yeah, we've got RB we Leipzig versus Liverpool. Uh, mm -hmm. Leipzig is plus 200. Liverpool is plus mm -hmm. 130. Liverpool, I mean, I know we're, I'm switching a little bit that they're the 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 reigning champs in the Premier League, mm -hmm. but yeah. they just don't seem to be playing like a top team anymore. Where do you see this being an opportunity for them to maybe turn it around 
Is this the game that they can do that, or is RB Leipzig the, the better play here? I think Leipzig is absolutely the better play here. I, I think Li, Li, Liverpool is the betting favorite because the public likes likes to bet on Liverpool, like l- l- likes to bet the teams they know and the favorites. And oh, RB Leipzig globally is still a relative underdog for as good as they've been for the past few seasons. RB Leipzig made the semifinals of the Champions League last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, 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 I could easily see them beating Li, 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 Everpool. The reason Liverpool have not been as good has been their central defense. They've had a lot of injuries in central defense. They, they, they've been trying everything differently. They moved Jordan Henderson back to to play center back last week against Leicester City. Did not work. Leicester City put 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 up three goals on them. Liverpool lost three to one. And because of their defensive struggles, they haven't even been able to get it going offensively. So they have their big three strikers. They have Mane, they have Salah, they have Firmino, but they haven't been scoring the, the same goal output. And speaking of that goal output, how much do you put that on? Because you went through a nice long list of talented players on Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Is Jurgen Klopp the problem? Like, how, what is he? Is he not getting the best out of the players? What's happening? Jurgen Klopp has been trying a lot. He's been tinkering a lot. And that's really not he, – he didn't have to tinker at all the last few seasons because that team was so good and so tight and so in sync. For two whole seasons, they won the league. They won the Champions League. They, they stormed through Europe and England. But with these injuries, Virgil van Dijk, we're finding out, was the backbone of that entire team. I don't think Allison is as good a goalkeeper as as people thought he was when he had that that that, that defense lined up in front of him every week. They've got great de- defensive wingbacks. Trent Alexander Arnold and Andy Robertson are two of the best in the world. But without that sure spine in central defense, Jurgen Klopp has had to play with the lineup, and he hasn't been able to find it. He hasn't been able to get it going, and because of that, Liverpool are in fourth. In the league, they're only one point better than West Ham this year and could easily miss out on top four in the Premier League if they don't pick it up. And and on top of that, Leipzig is a high-scoring team. They're a really good first-half team. So if you want a value bet, take Leipzig. Take RB Leipzig to win the first half against Liverpool. There you go. Uh, a little inside action. Take the first half for Leipzig. Uh, those two games are on Tuesday. Wednesday, we've got two more games in the Champions League. The first one we're going to talk about is FC Sevilla versus Borussia Dortmund. And mm-hmm. Sevilla has played very well of late. They mm-hmm. have won their last nine matches across all competitions. We've mm-hmm. got Sevilla at plus 125 and Dortmund at plus 200. Where do you see mm-hmm. that match going? I see that match going to, to Sevilla. Uh, I don't like Dortmund. Speaking of another former Jurgen Klopp-led led team, Klopp he, 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 he used to manage Dortmund before he managed Liverpool, and he was he managed Dortmund to the last Bundesliga title, uh, but, and consecutively every title since has been won by Bayern Munich, and, and that team was great, but like Liverpool, Borussia Dortmund have really fallen from grace this season. Usually right up there neck and neck with with Bayern Munich. But at this point, like 20-some matches in, into the season, Borussia Dortmund is 15 points behind Bayern Munich in the league. They cannot score, and they cannot score in the first half particularly. They've got good strikers. They've got great talent on all sides of the ball. But they are, they, they are another team that's struggling to 
to to really gel together in ways that they have in previous seasons. And and so I think Sevilla is uh, on, on the up and up. They are gelling at the right time. They've got m- m- momentum. I think Sevilla takes this win. And so- I definitely would bet Sevilla to win the first half too because Dortmund almost never scores in the first half. Uh, the last game, we started talking about mm-hmm. – the the great arguably the greatest player of all time in Lionel Messi. We're gonna uh-huh. end with some people like Messi. The others say it's Cristiano Ronaldo, and we've got uh-huh. Porto versus Juventus. That match uh-huh. is uh, another one that I think probably if you had to say a uh, level of which games people are watching uh-huh. more. You're watching Messi with Barcelona. You're yeah. watching Juventus. You got Porto at plus three ten. Juventus at minus. 110 in my mm. mind there's no chance whatsoever that Porto is going to win this game and this is the fifth time that they're meeting in Champions League yes you think mm. Porto has a chance no i really don't see Porto winning this game i think really it, it could be a bounce back game for for, for Juventus cuz they just lost in the league to Napoli Oh, on the weekend, one nil, and they played to a one-one draw in their match before that against Inter. So, so they have not scored in either of their last two matches, which again bodes for you know hopefully not another defensive struggle. But Porto is the home team, so Juventus will be inclined to go out there and get that road goal and get a huge leg up on Porto in the first leg of this match. They can take it back to Turin and and put this thing away early. Thank you very much, Donnie. We've got four games coming up Tuesday and Wednesday. Really appreciate you contributing. Uh, Let's see how the games go. I'm really looking forward to it as well. And uh, if by the end of this, we get to see a messy and mm-hmm. Ronaldo matchup. That's what I really mm-hmm. want to see. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Donnie Singstack. He gave me some great knowledge, huh? Gave me some first half tips. Hope you enjoyed it. Ciao for now.